You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. 6'3", 218 pounds. That's a, that's a pretty big quarterback to get you. I'm 5'8", 215, so. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Greg Cupney, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it ends! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Travis Curra, Brazilian Thai, thanks for showing up. I, uh. <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> now, I wanted to start off with a mailbag question. Okay. And, well, there are a lot of questions. And, uh, Michael Walker sent, sent an email here to and out cfl at gmail.com. You can go to the website to and out.ca and submit a question on there. So maybe try to keep the reactions, maybe one or two words. They're all very, uh, tongue in cheek. A lot of it is overreaction theater to, uh, Week one, but uh, that's the stuff that CFL fans love to do. So let's do this. Question one, is Vernon Adams going to be Jekyll and Hyde forever? Yes. Is Bo Levi Mitchell now officially fragile? Fragile. <laughs> is that a yes, too? Yeah, must be Italian. <laughs> yes. Is Hamilton already experiencing seller's remorse? No. Is it too early to call for Zach Kolaris to be traded and Drew Brown installed as the starter in Winnipeg? <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, leader of that uh, game-winning drive last week against Ottawa. Yeah, <laughs> Who told Nick Arbuckle that that headband on his head was acceptable? His mom. How much is James Wilder Jr.'s game diminished by being forced to wear a minimally acceptable jersey? Are his abs his superpower? <laughs> I don't have any, so I wouldn't know. 59 points rung up on a Chris Jones defense. Sweet or sweetest? Too sweet. <laughs> Man. Man, that sums up week one. Better than I ever could have. That's awesome. And that might be one of the best emails the show's ever received. That was one email? Yes. <laughs> Unreal. Michael Walker, thanks for taking out the time to send in yeah. that email to to and out. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a pod power shout out to Book Women. It is a podcast about editing, publishing, and writing Indigenous stories. Three Métis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire Indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form that they enjoy. Guests include Indigenous storytellers from diverse mediums like podcasting, burlesque, Books, comics, social media, films, music, and everything in between. You can listen and find out more at bookwomenpodcast.ca. 
In the Huddle with Kura and Ty on the Two and Out Podcast. I know the BC Lions are on by, but we can't really just have a show and not talk about what happened in Vancouver last week. And it started off the field. Over 30,000 fans in BC Place. It's been a while since we've seen that. Clearly the team fed off of it. I mean, Nathan Rourke, James Butler. Oh, what a performance all around. And I, I think that Toronto and Montreal should look to Vancouver and get some energy going in those buildings too. You know, and I think a lot of that, like in lead or ownership change, uh, yeah. they made it. They made it a point to try to get butts and seats, and you know, they got one Republic, which to me, I did not enjoy that one bit. But there are <laughs> there, it was terrible. But there are people that do, and you know, if that's what it takes to get people in the door, and you know, if, and then they put up a game like that, those people might come back. Like, yeah, it's a foot in the door, and you, and you go from there. Yeah, they just uh, made a point to make it in an event before the game, during the game, after the game. I mean, and it doesn't help when your team's uh, putting that much points on the field. That secondary was all over Edmonton, making them uh, turn the ball over. Well, nothing went right for Edmonton. Sione Tehema. I think I got the name right. CFL debut, three sacks, the last BC Lion to do that in their CFL debut, Cameron Wake. Yeah, well, and look where he is. He's got a or lot to Where he went. To. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Grey Cup is now 90% sold in Regina, so it just seems like all of this off-the-field excitement about a normal season is really picking up. And I mean, that's why the Grey Cup on the Prairies is always fun. And you got to sell the tickets in June before people realize what the weather was going to be like in five months. It's, it's the same thing that people forget. It's like in October when it snows the first time, nobody knows what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's June. Grey Cup's going to be nice yeah. weather. <laughs> Inflation be down. We've sold 90% of the tickets. <laughs> Let's talk about week two. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. The Montreal Alouettes are underdogs, three-point underdogs, as they go to Toronto. The Argos coming off the dreaded week one bye but now it's almost like the pressure's all on Montreal with the owner Gary Stern saying that the Owls are going to kill the Argos. Now he walked it back. Well, he basically said that was probably not a good word to use. <laughs> but, oh, that was the issue. <laughs> but, uh, man, I, I think we should get more mics in front of owners because uh, that has people fired up for this Argos and Owls game. <laughs> yeah. And- Anytime you put a microphone in in, a, in the hands of a man with a con, it always comes out well. Uh, this any owner like they are not so much they're not as trained in the media ways as the players are. You see that in the NHL, especially too. Hundred percent, nothing but cliches. Pucks in deep, you know, yeah. and blah 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 blah. These guys going off the cuff. Uh, you know, should he have said kill? No. 
Uh, are they going to beat the Argos? No. Uh, does he have to say that? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I think it's great. Well, it you gets can't people say, talking. You can't say, well, you know, it's, it's week two, yeah. we're in there, we're going to get our asses handed to us. What was everybody expecting him to say? I know it's week one, but this is a pretty good big game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The Owls, they don't want to start the season 0-2. And I, I know the Red Blacks are in tough again playing Winnipeg. And i got to assume Winnipeg's going to be better. At, at least they're playing at home, so that helps them out a little bit. But, wait, the Ticats getting a loss. Hamilton all, all, doesn't look like the Hamilton of the last four or five years. Like. So, so, so what team's going to try to get a head start and get a get a good start here in the Eastern Division? Montreal doesn't want to go down 0-2. Toronto. <laughs> I mean, there could these... be three teams. There could be three teams in the East at 0-2. That's true. The end of this week. Yeah. And there's all of these veteran players on Toronto. And Andrew Harris, Brandon Banks. You have to assume that that window... It's kind of small for the Argos. They don't have, uh, well, they've got young talent there. I'm not going to write off some of the, the younger players that are in Toronto, but the, the main core of that team is very veteran heavy, and they didn't, well, they lost They lost one home game in 2021, but that was during the, well, I'll say regular season because they lost the East Final. Uh, that one home game they lost was during that Edmonton Elks uh, three games and whatever it was. Three games and two nights, basically. Yeah, so it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and the Owls come out losing one of their marquee players last week. William Stanback is on the six-game injured list with a fractured ankle. Kahari Jones is just hoping that he'll be able to play Jeshron Antwi came in last week. He had a 70-yard run, the longest rush in the CFL since Standback had a 72-yarder in 2018. So I, I thought Antwi ran well. I, I don't know if he's the long-term solution in Montreal, depending on how long Standback is going to be out. So the Owls have acquired running back Walter Fletcher from the Elks. I think a six-round draft pick included there as well. And I, I I saw some good things from Fletcher with the Elks, but for now, fantasy team, $4,500 Antwi. I got to line him up in my lineup. And, and he's going to be getting the bulk of the carries. There are only other backs are listed as fullbacks on the depth chart. Yeah. I mean, those aren't guys that are going to be carrying the ball, you know, 10, 15 times for you. And we will. How patient is Montreal going to be with Vernon Adams? Is, is it just a media thing where they're creating this uh, Trevor Harris narrative? He's waiting in the wings for the Owls? I think that part is, is kind of media noise. Crap. Yeah. Media noise. Uh, just because I don't think he's there to, like, you know, hope for failure. He's not yeah. waiting in the wings. He's available. He's a team guy. Like, he's not – if they need him to go in, he'll be ready. Yeah. Um, and I think the leash – Do you want, how how good do you think your team is where you can overcome starting 0-2? Because Hamilton, yes, has come back. Toronto – I guess we'll wait and see. Or it looks like Hamilton's come back. Ottawa, every, Ottawa is everybody's on them to vastly improve. 
you know, you go down 0-2, yeah, there could be three other teams, but you got to fight with those teams to, to stay alive. And that just makes those, those games even more important than they already were. Yeah, of course, 0-2, not the biggest deal in an 18-game schedule, but... Uh, you don't want to, these games in June. Uh, we forget about them come October, but they all count in the standings the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Argos actually come into this week; they're pretty banged up. Uh, <laughs> even even though they I came, changed my lineup, <laughs> even though they came off of a bye week here. Receivers: Jawan Breskison, Dejon Brissett. Uh, Eric Rogers not going to play. Looks like Breskison's not going to play. Uh, Peter Nicastro on the offensive line is hurt. A defensive back, Jamal Peters hasn't practiced this week. Uh, they're, they're just banged up right now. Now, last week I saw a stat. I think it's from the, the fellows from the X's and Argos podcast that uh, in games that Eric Rogers missed last year, Devaris Daniels had something like 14 catches and 148 yards over two games. Maybe uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson will be looking his way a little bit more often this week. But McLeod Bethel-Thompson, to me, has the best value as far as fantasy quarterbacks go. I think that's pretty fair considering, like, A, his matchup. Montreal didn't look very good. Uh, He is averaging... 18.9 18.9 points per start against the Owls. Oh, like, against the Owls. Or against the Owls, sorry. And he's, what, just over... He's not even 10000 Yeah. like Yeah, he's just over $9,400. Like, yeah, he's not. he doesn't have some of those big weapons, but Curly Gittins Jr. is in the lineup, DeVar Daniels in the lineup, like you mentioned. Like, there are weapons there for him to use. Hey, there is Brandon Banks and there is Andrew Harris as well. So uh, I think Toronto's going to be running the ball a little bit. Now, one player I currently have in my lineup, it seems like the Argos are high on him, is receiver Cam Phillips. He's only 2500 bucks. He got into one game last year. He had two catches for 20 yards, but he's listed as a starter on the depth chart. Hey, it's one of those yep. lottery tickets. It could pay off, but I've got him matched up with Macbeth. It's like it's like last week with my Nathan Work pick. <laughs> yeah, and you crushed it. Speaking of a lottery ticket. <laughs> if you had Butler and Rourke and nobody else, actually, if you only had Rourke, you probably beat my lineup. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> there you go. 7-11 Thursday night football. Argos and Owls. Give me those. Uh, see, you got a Slurpee Cup. Yep. WWE style. I would buy nine Slurpees just to get nine CFL Cups in because my Because you place. ain't booty. Yeah, <laughs> it is a New Day Cup if uh, you did not get that reference. I think this is going to be a pretty good rematch here in the nation's capital. I don't think so. Friday night football. The Bombers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is at 45 here. Take the over. And the cover. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so were you surprised as I was in week one? It just seemed like Ottawa matched Winnipeg's physicality right from the get-go. Yeah. Winnipeg couldn't run the ball at all. 
What was it? Brady Oliveira had 10 carries for 17 yards? It was not good, yeah. Um, I don't think I'm surprised they matched the physicality. I think I'm more surprised that Winnipeg didn't, you know, execute as well as we've seen them execute. Well, and I mean, they're they're basically one drop pass from a uh, friend of the show, Jalen Acklin, uh, having the Red Blacks going into Winnipeg and spoiling the banner-raising party. I mean, that would have been unreal, too. And I think we would could have taken full credit for that. <laughs> but we'll, we'll take full credit for the drop pass as well. It's not on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a two-and-out curse. <laughs> as far as the Bombers go, Zach Kalaros looks good to go. He had a shot to the head. In that one, uh, you know, the worry <laughs> that that Kalaros has. One hit away. Yeah. And it feels like he doesn't get hit in Winnipeg because of that offensive line. But when you run down the field and you dive head first, that happens. The Bomber defensive line is going to be welcoming back Jackson Jeffcoat. Uh, Winston Rose is expected to play in Ottawa as well. One note here, Dakota Prukop has hit the six-game injured list for the Bombers. Uh, They have brought in Joe Mancuso, so maybe he becomes their short yardage guy. It looked like they were excited to get Prukop in there for some of the short yardage Mm -hmm. situations because that guy can run the ball and he can move it outside the line. So him hitting the six-game might change things a little bit for the Bombers. Yeah, I think that gave them... Kind of like with Strebler, where, yeah, you could line him up yeah. behind center and, you know, that sneak for that first down. Well, now defenses have, defenses have to account for that scramble outside the pocket and maybe even a pass or, you know, he's able to scramble five, six yards. Uh, that probably changes their third down strategy now. Uh, bringing in a guy I don't think I've ever even seen his name on a game sheet. I don't know about you. No, no, no. So okay, I'm not. I'm not crazy. No. Um, <laughs> you know, if it's a guy that's going to come in and he's just going to be, you know, what we saw, you know, what we see your typical second, third string quarterback who's in on a short yard do, then it is what it is. Get that new set of downs, move on. Uh, but yeah, I think Brukop. Over the six games, at least that we're gonna, or you know, over the games are gonna miss them. I think you'll notice a difference, uh, just because, like, yeah, I know it's only, I know it's new set down, it's only five yards, but I mean, that five yards gets you that much closer to into field goal range when it comes uh, into crunch time. Well, yeah, we see that with the three quarterbacks being allowed on the field again, right? Because Drew yeah. Brown is their backup quarterback. There's, there's one team who isn't who hasn't dressed three quarterbacks, and you guess who it is? Who is it? Saskatchewan. Oh, they they dressed too because they they let <laughs> if it's smart or not. Uh, Fajardo is one of the only quarterbacks they leave in there for the short yardage stuff, right? They let him, uh, and I think that's the way he wants it. Um, but you see the bombers at, at, some, at some point, you got to protect players from themselves. Yeah, yeah. Drew Brown in Winnipeg, he's the backup guy, but not really the short yardage guy. This Mancuso, University of Richmond, not sure if he's going to be playing in Ottawa, but 6'3", 218 pounds. That's a that's a pretty big quarterback to get you. I'm 5'8", <laughs> 213, so. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so Winnipeg couldn't run the ball last week. Neither could Ottawa, really, and that, that's not a surprise because of uh, the Bombers' front there. And, of course, they're bringing in Jackson Jeffcoat. He's healthy again. But still no William Powell for the Red Blacks. Devontae Williams had the start last week. 3.7 yards per carry. I'd probably stay away from that one if I'm building a fantasy lineup. Yeah, not, not a great option whenever you're going up against uh, the Blue Bombers, and especially when you're – when your guys are improving. I mean, if William Powell's in that lineup, it's probably a little bit better for Ottawa. Uh, but I mean, nobody's putting up big numbers against this team that hasn't, you know, gotten regular time. Like Devontae Williams, 4.4, Jackson Bennett, 3.4, Anthony Gosselin, 2.2 in games against Winnipeg. Like, I, I'm staying so far away from Ottawa until they prove to me they can do something. I, I think it's going to be another close one though, man. Uh, at home in Ottawa, I mean, do the Bombers come into this game angry about uh, letting them stick around? For because it's we're almost, I think, deja vu a little bit with Winnipeg. I don't think they want to let it go to last second kicks. No. <laughs> last year they brought in Sergio Castillo, and that basically clinched the Grey Cup for them. I don't think they well, Michael does Shea any team will, does any team want to win football games like that though? Yeah. Mike O'Shea will say he's got all the confidence in the world in his yeah. kickers, but I don't no, know if that's the unless unless it's, you know, Sebastian Goskowski, Adam Vinatieri, you know, Mike Vanerjack, uh Come on, Paul Louis McCall- Louis Bissette and Paul McCallum to a point. Yeah, other than uh, the manure Rene, incident. Yeah, Rene Paradez. Rene yeah. Paradez. Other don't, than don't, last year's West Semi. Sorry, yeah. Snaps fans. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't piss on my neck and tell me it's raining. Like, no coach has the utmost confidence in the kicking game. But there Ever. you go. All Ever. the greats, all the greats announced have had incidents where yeah. eh, it, it didn't go so well. <laughs> We've got uh, Calgary in Hamilton, where the Tie Cats are one point favorites, over under at forty five. I think this is another tough one. Uh, the uh, two Hall of Fame classes from the past couple of years are going to be inducted at this one, so there's going to be thirteen new members welcomed into the, the Hall of Fame. Halftime should be short. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Lewis is included in there. Marv Levy, Henry Henry Burris, uh, Freddie Childress, John Huffnagel. I guess it's convenient because he's in Hamilton. It's so almost uh, like they uh, yeah. planned it this way. <laughs> almost like they planned it that way. <laughs> I think Ticat fans are probably worried after week yep. one. And I think that the Stampeders' defensive line is probably licking their chops after watching what the Ryder D-line did. I would think so. I would hope so. You have an opportunity to put up some ungodly numbers against this offensive line right now. Um, just And it just seems like Dane Evans is not making decisions as quick as he did. Uh, not, not so much last year, but when he came in in 2019 for Mazzoli, when he when he took over after the injury, like the ball, he wasn't spending a lot of time. Uh, you know, reads were quick. Ball was out of his hand. Uh, it just seems I don't know. It, 
Ottawa's gone through some losses on that offensive side of the ball as well. They don't have a running game. They refuse to run the ball still. Uh, that's not helping matters. Uh, that offensive line, yeah. I mean, over the last couple of years, it's been good. Just not – didn't play well in week one. And Dan Evans ultimately played, paid the price uh, in the pocket. Simone Lawrence a little bit lighter in the in the wallet after uh, last week. That one's <laughs> not a surprise. I I no. just I just thought that one was a bit silly. You know, it's it's the way it goes. But that's that's how Simone plays. Whistle to whistle. He's loved by fans in Hamilton and hated by fans of eight other teams. That's uh, not that's all the, the way fans. it goes. And not all the fans. You're right. <laughs> I'm, Simone, the president of, I'm the president of two fan clubs. Simone got you suspended from this show. <laughs> he might again. <laughs> hey, there were a few other suspensions as well, but Simone, uh, we'll, we'll give him the headline. Yeah, fines. We'll give uh, Simone the headlines this week. As far as the stats go... Is uh, what's the bow leash look like? And it it felt like all the talk this off season was Bo's coming in healthy, the shoulders feeling good, and he was and, dealing with other injuries. And then he's in a walking boot after week one. Yeah, yeah. So that didn't last all that long of a healthy Bo Levi Mitchell, and f- this always happens in the CFL. There's a a backup that comes in. Does well. Well, look at Nick Arbuckle. He came in and he did well for Calgary. Now he's been on three teams since then. And Jake I, Mayer last year. Yeah, exactly. Now Jake Mayer, they, they found a way to keep him in Calgary. I mean, is this a Nathan Rourke situation where where Bo, you know, he starts here in Calgary and then next year they they make the choice. I don't know what it is. I who oh, I I I think well, if you listen to Dave Dickinson, he really seems like he's hard on his quarterback and he he played the position, so I think he yeah. expects a lot there. But uh if if Bo continues to struggle, I I don't how, think how much of his how much of his struggles are not because of his skill, but just because of nagging injuries. Yeah, that's what I think it all is. That's probably yeah. what it all is. Uh, so if he if he comes in at hundred percent and plays well, I don't think there's a, there's a discussion. But if those nagging injuries and they keep nagging at him, seems to get healthy from one thing and it's another, and he can't play up to that level. You want to pay this guy? Yeah. What are the north of three hundred thousand dollars? Yep. When you can take that money, spend it elsewhere, surround Jake Mayer with a team for two or three years, and make a run. He's still only thirty-two years old, Bo. Yeah. Oh yeah, but he's played a lot of football in those thirty-two. He has, or not thirty-two, but in in his career, and it it does take a toll. I mean, one thing leads to another. It seems with him right now. That could you could come in, be fine, not get hit this week, and go on a roll. I'm not yeah. saying that you know the injuries are just he's done. Uh, it's just right now it does it's not a good look. He come, we knew his shoulder was screwed up last year. Comes in completely rested and healthy, 
And now it's just another thing. Completely unrelated. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not a shoulder, it's not an arm injury, it's a foot. So foot or ankle or whatever it was, but you know, it it just it just looks bad. Um I think the leash will be short ish if it's not an injury. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. I think if he gets a little banged up, they're not gonna hesitate to put Mayer in to save Bo. I almost thought it was a pretty different bow pretty early in the game last week. He had a nine-yard run. Yeah. <laughs> His long all of last year was 11. In 2019, the longest carry for Bo Mitchell, four yards. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even chip four yards right now. I can't <laughs> What I uh, really like what the Stampeders were doing. Now, Malik Henry is banged up right now, but they like to get him involved in in that offense. And, get him involved. Uh, yeah, he's flying all over the place, and I, I think he's a bit of an underrated and under-the-radar guy for the rest of this season. If he's in there, man, they're, they're putting him all over the field, and it, he's a fun guy to watch with the Stamps. Yeah, and you know, in his in his career, he's only averaging nine points, but hasn't been the focus or the center, yeah. the central idea of that offense in Calgary. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily changing. We still have guys like uh, Sindani and Kamar Jordan and Reggie Bagleton, but we've said this time and time again: when you have that depth at receiver, it opens up opportunities for guys to get better matchups that are further down the depth chart, and that that's a huge advantage for a guy. Like and he's got and he's got the ability. Yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of stood out to me last week in the Montreal game where everybody is looking for Kamar Jordan and Reggie Bagleton. And they and then really... Who led, that, who led that game in receiving? Yeah, it was your boy, Richie Sindani. 101 yards. Had a lot of great picks on <laughs> Not going to lie. Second was uh, Malik Henry. Yeah. But Reggie Bagleton only had two catches for 23 yards. Colton Hunchak had two catches. Kamar had four for 35. Like they're spreading the ball over the, all over the place. They want to get the ball in Sean Bain's hands as well. But that's sort of been the thing with Calgary over the last little while. Yeah. It's, it's a pick your poison. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you're on the other side of the ball, okay, who do you not want to beat you today? Because whoever you pick, somebody else could just do it. I want to see what the Stamps are going to do. I, I do think that uh, Kadeem Carey, one of the most talented running backs, maybe the best running back in the CFL right now. But running against Hamilton is not – it doesn't – super easy. <laughs> With uh, those defensive tackles, when, when Ted Laurent is a rotational guy – I, I if saying that actually just sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like saying dry cycles on the second line today. That's true. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a great thing. And Saskatchewan was not able to run the ball against Hamilton at all. And, you know, I, I get that, that, hey, completely different teams. They're built completely different ways, but. This is going to be a, a tough game. Again, you said we could have several Eastern teams at 0-2. So this is also a big game 
for the Thai Cats. They they can't get dominated on the line of scrimmage like they did last week. No, if you're going to give up a hundred sacks, you're not going to win a football game. Yeah. Um, you know that that game at halftime last week for Hamilton. I, I don't know if you view it as a huge success, right? But, but th- that first half didn't lose them the football game. They, they were down three at halftime. Yeah, it, it was it was it was a knock them out, drag them out, absolute battle, and then in the second half, fell apart. That that line that line matchup between offensive defensive lines, Hamilton didn't stand a chance. Yeah. And that's uh, what lost them the game. Calgary's got an underrated defensive line, I think. I mean, uh, Mike Rose there, and you got Arimelad and Wigan, and man, Adiemi Berglund. Some great names on the the defensive line in Calgary, Mm -hmm. but it's the way they work as a unit. And uh, they're all over you. Steven Dunbar had a big game for the Ticats last week. Uh, he had a 71-yard touchdown. Well, he only had the two catches for 75 yards, but uh, they all count the same way. Yeah. Uh, and Jonathan Moxie is banged up right now for the Stampeders, so maybe the Ticats are going to try and target that side of the field, but the Stamps do have... Uh, Depth, I think, yeah. in that defensive backfield as well. Don Especially Jackson now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don Jackson was limited on Tuesday for the Tie Cats, but as you said, they don't run the ball anyway. How was how, how was he limited? He only had the ball five times. <laughs> how is he banged up? <laughs> Let's go to Edmonton, the final game of week two, where the Riders are seven and a half point favorites. The over under at 50 and a half. Hey. Saskatchewan might hit that over one. Or is that not where you is that not where you were going? Not where I was going. Full disclosure, as a Ryder fan, I've been here before. Going to oh. Commonwealth Stadium is the heavy favorite. Heavy favorite will lose by two touchdowns. Because <laughs> Deron Carter's playing DB. Yeah, so I have zero hopes for this one, but I would hate to be an Elks, at least defender, at practice <laughs> this past week. Oh, my God. Um, the tackling, like, like, that stood out to me. Like, what so tackling? many missed tackles. Yeah, what What tackling? That <laughs> if Chris Jones could have cut the entire defensive side of the ball, I think he would have. He would have. He I'm surprised. I'm surprised that we haven't seen like yeah, they traded Fletcher and he actually got he got a pick for me. This didn't, didn't just release him. Didn't pull yeah. Chris Jones. I actually got something for a guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, man. What 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 would football's version of a bag skate be? Because is that a four-hour practice with no balls? <laughs> oh, that that like was just, a rough one. It's too bad there's no track at Commonwealth anymore. Because I know what I'd be making them do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the depth in the, the defensive backfield you were referencing in Calgary was uh, Tremaine Washington, mm-hmm. former Edmonton Elk, uh, now in Calgary after getting cut by Ottawa. 
Um, it does look like maybe some regulars will be back this weekend for the Elks, including Toby Antigua, who has had success in the Chris Jones system mm-hmm. before, defensive back Nefis Lyon. Um, but the, the who young. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that Aaron Grimes would be that big of a loss for the Elks? <laughs> I mean, uh, Nick Arbuckle and Trey Ford, they really they were kind of running all over the place as well. So if the rider yeah, the defensive o- the offense did the defense no favors. If the rider defensive line plays anything like they did against Hamilton, it's gonna be a long day again for yeah. Edmonton. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's a long day for anybody if defense plays like that. Can they do it two weeks in a row? I mean, I I thought Hamilton was a much better team than Edmonton, so, I mean, I could see it happening. Um, that being said, with how bad Edmonton got beat up, I don't see that happening two weeks in a row. For the Riders, I, I was just so, and I think we knew it coming in, so impressed by that linebacking core. Like Larry Dean, Derek Moncrief, and Darnell Sankey? How is that even fair? <laughs> They're flying all over the place. Yeah. And I don't know if it's those those hash marks, but they've got real athletes in the linebacking core that can Well and now and now that's what you need though. Yeah. You need guys that can you know, that's an extra eight yards. So a, a lot of credit needs to, I think, go to Jason Shivers. I, I don't know if he's gotten enough over the last little while because a, a lot of people were worried about what that rider defense was going to look like. When um, I'm more worried about the offensive coordinator than I am the defensive coordinator. <laughs> then uh, when Jones took off to Cleveland, there's really been not much of a drop-off with the rough rider defense. So credit to Shivers, who was under Chris Jones for a while, and uh, now they meet each other in this one, but there were two big name receivers, one for each team that left practice early on Wednesday. One included Duke Williams, rolled an ankle. He tried to come back to practice, but then left. Uh, Darrell Walker for Edmonton also left practice early on Wednesday. Well, that remains to be seen. We've got a ways to go uh, until Saturday. I mean, you could. It's only week two, so if if it if this is when they need to sit out here, um, I'd rather him sit out week two. Yeah, have this nag, and then week six he needs surgery because he makes it worse for either one of for either one yeah. of them. Duke Williams has just been such a big addition to that Rough yeah. Rider Rough Rider offense. They look. Completely different. Even Shaq Evans was into the action last week as well, too. I think he'll like and hope that Duke's on the field on Saturday and Duke will want to get up there. Yeah. And play his old team. 100%. And hope, and I am, I am just surprised. I think the most surprising thing is having Duke in that lineup on Saturday, yeah, Saturday was that he didn't get flagged (laughs) with a two point convert. Like, That was that was straight out of Key and Peel, man. Oh, so I watched that Key and Schaefer Baker. I watched the game late. I was on vacation, and uh, Schaefer Baker, while they're you know haven't announced the penalty flag yet, runs into Pill Nation, and then Duke was that the two point convert, two like, point convert, yeah, straight makes, out straight out of Key and Peel, man. That's McCringleberry right there. <laughs> 
makes love to the turf. <laughs> makes love. And and then and then TSN replayed it in slow motion. Slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> and then botches the gymnast move. Like, look, I would have gizmo. Yeah, I would have broken my neck if I tried that, but <laughs> Can you do a cartwheel? I've never uh, pulled one off, I can tell you that, and I I don't want to start now. Not now. <laughs> August twenty fourth. August twenty fourth. That ship has sailed, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a back surgery coming up in August, and uh, sounds, sounds like time off for the pod. <laughs> hey, that's more time to podcast. No, you'll be so high on painkillers. Oh yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, 100 bucks a pill if you don't pay them. <laughs> week two, man. I'm, I'm amped up for this. This is going to be a good week. The CFL Podcast Fantasy League. I lost. You won. Now we're on and to week handily. two. Yeah. Did you set a full lineup? I did. Oh, and whoever you, who would you have that didn't get targets? For those who don't know i hate it when people don't start defenses well i i wasn't ex- well i started the elks defense that's yeah, all you I'll, need to know yeah you might as well start with. so in our league this year with travis said i would play it which i never agreed to but I'm now anyway he said ty and i are in i thought it just meant okay we're doing as as a, like as the podcast well you set up a lineup anyway so what's the difference it's 20 bucks um i got a mortgage but 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 if you don't set a full lineup, not just a defense, if you put a defense in and not set, not build out the rest of your lineup, you automatically forfeit. So this week Ryan played Travis, and they each had a guy that didn't get targets. So I'm like, well, they both forfeit because it doesn't show up on our end. This was before I lineup. before I went on holidays. I put Martiz Jackson as my flex, and uh, Jalen Marshall ended up being the return guy for Edmonton. So, and then I had the Elks defense. Which got you minus four. Yeah, and, about right. But then I can't. I'm never going to regret having Reggie Bagleton and Lucky Whitehead both in my lineup, <laughs> and they had a combined twenty two point one points. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. See, I'd pick those guys again. I mean. But then uh, I also picked Johnny Augustine because I had hope that he would get more of the carries in Oliveira, and he got one point. So, well, Oliveira got what six point seven. Yeah, there's my week one. Uh, I, I've got Safamod from the Piffles podcast. You've got Ryan from the Canadian Football Countdown this week. Oh, not not the other Ryan, not the Stampeder Ryan. Yeah. Uh, who, who? What's your lineup looking like? Uh, so McLeod Bethel Thompson, who we talked about, uh, Jamal Morrow, because he's going to get carries. He's going to he's their number. He's the Riders' number one return guy as well. Uh, James Wilder Jr., Curly Gittins Jr. I had Eric Rodgers, had to change it up. Sticking with Sandani, uh, bring with the girl that dance with the girl that brought you. Uh, Janarion Grant and my flex and the Calgary D. All right, so right now I've got Bethel Thompson, Jamal Morrow, Jeshrin Antwi. Uh, well, I might have to change most of my lineup. Duke Williams, we'll see. Malik, Malik Henry. Malik Henry, we'll see. Cameron Phillips, that's my boy. That's my yeah. ride or die. $2,500 ride or die. All season. I'm picking yeah. him all season. He's, 
He's the new Braden Lenius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who are you picking to win the games this week? I am going Argos, Bombers, Stamps, Riders. Man. Okay. Argos. I am going to, yeah, take Winnipeg. Yeah. (laughs) You can't still hate on Ottawa. I'm not hating on Ottawa. I just want everybody to get off the. (laughs) This is not your uh, older brother's. No, it's. It was only six months ago. (laughs) Yeah. What are you talking about? Winnipeg. uh, yeah, Calgary Sask. I'll copy you because uh, being my own person hasn't been working out for me lately. Uh, <laughs> this episode of Two and Out brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business. And Alberta Blue Cross has your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. All right, we are in week two. It is unconventional. We we always have been unconventional on two and out. Should we uh, reveal our rest of season predictions? Absolutely. <laughs> so MOP, Nathan Rourke. Yep. MOC, Nathan Rourke. Yep. Great Cup, BC Lions. Yep. <laughs> BC and Ottawa, obviously. Can Nathan Rourke return kicks or kick? Well, if they're going to let Americans win most outside of Canadian, I don't see why a quarterback can't win special teams. <laughs> Kenny played – Kenny tackle. Okay, that might be the one he doesn't get. Most outstanding defensive player, Deron Carter. Um. <laughs> tied, in the old, tied in the old Dave Hodge pen flip and just oh. – <laughs> I guess this is how this podcast is run now. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and that means I'm off next week, right? <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, though, like, Rourke will probably win MOC unless Andrew Harris has. I think it's me, Harris, and Rourke. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. MOC. Like, now, I, I can't see it. Different divisions. I can't see it being anybody other than uh, Nathan Rourke for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. If he's start, if he's a if he can start and you know be, be yeah be a decent quarterback, um, is he eligible for rookie? Probably not. I don't think so. I don't he dress think so. for enough games and whatever bull crap I got to go through. Um, M- MOP man, this is wide open. Even though we had one week, it doesn't matter. My MOP pick, I think I'm going to go with uh, Lucky Whitehead. Oh, um, Pajardo. Mm. See, I just don't see the East being like auto. Hamilton's not running away with it. And I think they're going to beat up on each other. Right. Okay. So, I'll go with Pajardo. Defense. Who? Moncrief. I'll go Sankey. Yeah. It's gonna- <laughs> Man. Yeah. 
Man, do we do we believe in the riders? I don't That's know. That's the scary part. <laughs> Special teams. You know what? Before last week, I would have said Mario Alford, and uh, I, I still yeah. think he has the potential to be one of the most electrifying players in the CFL. I know he's a bit he's a bit banged up, so uh, I'll still say it anyway. Yeah. Or Tyson Philpot, the his replacement. Yeah, <laughs> rookie and special teams. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to pick a kicker or a punter just because that's such a crapshoot. I don't yeah. want to pick Jamal Morrow and sound like an absolute homer. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, right now it's Alfred. If if he plays like he did last year, unless Lucky Whitehead, yeah, like goes off again, which yeah. with his speed. Great Cup. Winnipeg, Toronto. Whoa. Winnipeg wins in Regina. Calgary, Toronto. All of a sudden, we didn't believe our team. Hey, no, 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 no. We believe in them in the regular season. These are all regular season awards. Uh, Calgary wins the Great Cup in Regina. Man, do we hate Ryder fans. <laughs> Let's say Saskatchewan finishes first. Yeah. Does Craig get coach of the year? Or does that go to uh, Dinwiddie if Toronto wins the East again? Oh, after week one and Rick Campbell's the coach of the year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, does if you he have the coach? If you <laughs> had the awards right now, you'd give, you'd give BC the great cup too. Does, does Nathan Rourke coach? Oh. <laughs> He's not Reggie old enough Dunlop. to be an old Reggie Dunlop. Yeah. yeah. Coach of the year, uh, Dave Dickinson. There you go. <laughs> We're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Talk to you Monday after week two. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.